I said, good morning. How you doing? Good morning. I'm Pastor Bill Reeser, uh, one of the pastors on staff, pastor of Encounter Ministry, pastor of Grace Marriage. So grateful to be with you this morning. Merry Christmas. Uh, and before we get started, I want, I want to give you a, a giving update on our end of year giving projects. Uh, so far, uh, for our goal to get motorcycles, uh, we've raised 9421 Dollars and for the Joshua Fund, we've raised eleven thousand two hundred and twelve dollars. That's pretty awesome. Thank you for being so generous. Uh, and there's still time to do that. And uh, so uh, we're just grateful for your generosity. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much today for the gift of peace, for Jesus being the Prince of Peace, a great title and name but a reality for those that trust in you. Lord, we need your peace, every level of your peace. And I pray today for it, for every person here, for every family, a peace that heals, a peace that sets people free, a peace that breaks every yoke of bondage, a peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that will do battle to guard our hearts and minds and Heal our minds, heal our hearts. So speak to us, Lord. We're all listening. And we love you. And we praise you. I thank you for the power of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. A lot of you, I, I don't talk a lot about other places I did ministry, but God's had me on an incredible journey. Uh, I did ministry in Colorado. Uh, Illinois, and, and six years, for six years, I was in L.A. right before I moved back to Kentucky five years ago, but I did ministry out there. Let me tell you something, L.A., Hollywood, crazy town, crazy town, but a great place to do ministry, wonderful place to do ministry. I'll never forget one time I was uh, asked to do a renewal of vow service for a soap opera star that was in most of the daytime soaps, and many of and the people Tons of people that were in attendance, all these other soap opera stars from all the shows, the daytime shows. So I figured I'd have a little fun with the, with the renewal of vow service because I remember saying something to the extent of, first, you were young and restless. <laughs> and after realizing you have one life to live, you both made the decision to be married all the days of our lives. Obviously, the guiding light has led you to this place to renew your vows well, you can proudly say that all my children are here. And if anyone objects to this renewal of vow service, you may want to keep it to yourself. Otherwise, you'll wind up in General Hospital. That's the New York coming out of me. And then, then something strange happened. I'm sitting down at a table, and there's an actress that was on The Guiding Light that wound up being on CSI New York. And she's sitting down with her husband, and she hits on me. I know, ew, right? I mean, it's just like I didn't, I didn't even know how to react to it. You know, she said something provocative, and, you know, I'm like, I didn't know whether I was in a dream. I didn't know whether, and then I realized I'm sucked into a real soap opera here. These people don't know how to, you know, separate their lives from, you know, reality and what they're, what they're doing. And I'm waiting for the music to play. Tune in tomorrow where Carolyn Reeser, you know, goes 606 on this woman, you know, or something like that. For those that laughed, you're from Eastern Kentucky, you know exactly what 606 means, don't you? Yeah. Some of you are going to need to explain it to you. But it was just fun, and it was a great place to do ministry. I wound up doing some work for a rescue mission. Uh, that, and I loved, by the way, I love that name, Rescue Mission. Uh, the, to me, that's what Christmas is all about. And I did some work, uh, uh, wound up being friends with two great guys that were on their board. One of the board members for the rescue mission uh, was president of CBS Studios. I got to go to the studios a lot, tour the studios, got to see how movies were made, and uh, it was quite fascinating. But one thing about Hollywood, maybe you know this, maybe, uh, maybe I should remind you of it, is that for years, they've been making films and even TV shows about a hero coming to the rescue to save a person, to save a town, or even the world, when you think about all of them. I mean, you got Batman, you got Ant-Man now, Superman. Spider-Man, my favorite underdog, there's no need to fear, underdog is here. Who remembers that, right? I love that. And of course, let's not forget, you know, everyone's favorite, Mighty Mouse. 
right, Mighty Mouse? And, uh, and the story, um, for centuries, this you may not know, being told in the hills of Hollywood, is that the person that inspired and influenced the character of Mighty Mouse, let me give you a hint, he was sent from heaven, think about Christmas, who do you think I'm talking about? You don't know, okay, it's Christmas, it's the legend, most famous superhero himself, who do you think I'm talking about? It's up on the screen, answers are always on the screen, Steve Pearson, here he comes to save the day, <laughs> greatest superhero of all time, sent from heaven. But on a serious note, Christmas and a Savior, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus Christ, Prince of Peace, coming to the world is the greatest rescue mission story ever, where the Father sent the greatest superhero to come and save us from our sins, from the soap opera mess of our lives, makes it the greatest blockbuster event and true story of all time. If you agree, say amen. That's why it's the most wonderful time of the year. It can be. It should be. See, when you acknowledge the year just 2023, you acknowledge Christmas and the birth of Jesus 2,023 years ago. God sent a babe in a manger. It's the only holiday. I, I was at a Chris Tomlin uh, Christmas concert last week, and he said that it's the only holiday that hundreds of songs are written for, when you think about it. It's the only holiday where the tradition of giving presents started not because of a Santa from the North Pole, but a Savior from the North Star who came as the best present anyone could ever receive and give away. And when I think about Christmas and what it means to me, I always think of beautifully wrapped presents. And sometimes I lose sight that Christmas is about the greatest present ever given to mankind, a present that came in the form of a baby. See, the present came to us because God knew we had no way to get to him. The present came to us as a gift to receive, not to earn, so that no one could boast. The present came to us to save us because God knew we couldn't save ourselves. The present came to us because to heal us because God knows the pain that we're in. The present came to us to be our friend because God knew that people would let us down. And the present came to us to show us how to love, to love like him, because God is love. And you can never love someone else the way God intended you to love someone else until you first receive the love that God has for you that can only come through his son, Jesus Christ. The present came to us to give us eternal life because God wanted each and every one of you in his family. The present came to us so that we can have an encounter with him that would change our lives forever. All it takes is one encounter. The present came to us to give us peace in the soap opera mess of our lives. I mean, my family was so dysfunctional. I don't know about yours. My mother would watch soap operas during the day and say, look at that, that's normal compared to my family. She would watch them just to see what a glimpse of normal looked like. You see, the present came to us to give us peace because God knew we needed something to overcome the strife, the worry, the fear, the anxiety, and the storms we face in life. Not just to mention those things that we have to face during this season of the year, which get magnified. Christmas makes it possible to grieve the loss of a loved one and still have joy because of the peace of God. And some of you are in that season right now, and you need God's peace now more than ever, and you're experiencing it because God's a good God. And I hope you never lose sight that Jesus Christ is the greatest gift you'll ever receive in your life. I hope you never lose sight that he's also the greatest gift that you could ever give away, that you can share with someone else. My family will tell you, now, when I came home with the gift of Jesus, woke up the next day after accepting Jesus Christ in my life, and when Jesus gave me gifts of peace and character and integrity, a new identity, a new life to come and share with my family, my family will tell you that's the best gift I've ever given them. See, my life mission 
And my ministry verse, Steve asked us a couple weeks ago, do you have a life verse? Well, I've got a life verse, but I have a ministry life verse. And mine is found in Acts 20, 24. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. I want people to experience what it means to receive the gift of Jesus. So they'll know what forgiveness, grace, peace, joy, purpose, healing, love, power, having a sound mind, and what the free gift of eternal life is all about. I want people to experience the abundant life that Jesus Christ died for. And if you're not experiencing that life, you're living underneath your privilege as a child of the one true king. See, I used to give people a peace in my mind before I got saved. Now I share the peace that healed my mind, that took away all my anxiety, that took away all my fears, that set me free. What do you need this Christmas? How much peace do you need this Christmas? What healing do you need this Christmas? So I want to share what I consider a great Christmas passage with you today. It's found in Philippians 4, starting with verse 4. We're going to work through verse 8. I love this passage. Look what it says. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. I love that. Does that sound like Christmas to you? Sure it does. Rejoice. I'll say it again, rejoice. Now, this is coming from the Apostle Paul at the end of his life in a dungeon prison cell saying, rejoice. This scripture and this entire book in Philippians is full of joy. He says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Emmanuel, with us. God with us. Let your, because he's near, let your gentleness be evident to all. Jesus came in the form of a baby, but he grew up to be the strongest ever. But he was meek, which meant strength under control. A lot of people view meekness as weakness, but it was strength under control. He could speak the world into existence, yet he chose to leave his powers in heaven and come in the form of a baby. And then he gives us a great instructional passage with an incredible promise by making a statement followed by instructions for us to do and an incredible promise from God if we follow the instructions. He says, don't be anxious about anything. Don't get worked up about anything. Don't get stressed out about anything. Nothing, big, small, anything in between. But in everything, by prayer, petition, and another level of praying, not just praying, but praying with thanksgiving praying with joy, praying with an expectant joy, that God, you hear me, and nothing is impossible for you, and I've got so much joy that what I'm praying, you're going to over-answer. Present your request to God, and here comes the promise, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart, your heart, and your mind, two separate places. In Christ Jesus. See, this level of peace fights and protects your heart so that no matter how damaged your heart may be, this type of peace is a miraculous healing peace that can never be explained. You can't get it from a program. You can't get it from a pill. You can't get it from a doctor. You can't get it from any place other than Jesus, the Prince of Peace. This type of peace guards your heart. Watch this, so that it can never be destroyed again. This type of peace guards your mind so that fear, worry, anxiety get wiped out of your life once and for all. This type of peace makes the chaos and the noise around you powerless so that you can find rest in the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. But then there's another level of peace that we learn about from the Apostle Paul. Pick it up in verse 8. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, this is so powerful. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, what is he talking about? He's given you a picture of Jesus. He's given you a picture of the true Jesus. 
It's giving you a picture of truth, not just your truth. Everybody's saying, I know the truth. Well, Jesus said, I'm it. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. A lot of us are making, we're forming a Jesus to fit our own lifestyle, like a Play-Doh Jesus. And you get to make them up every day to fit how you're living. But that's not the Jesus that came in the form of a baby to die on a cross for you and me. He's saying, fix your thoughts on the real Jesus. Whatever is noble, whatever is right, right not from what your morals and what you think is right, but from what the Bible says is right, biblical truth. Whatever is pure, whatever is holy, holy, lovely, that comes from the pure love of Jesus. There's nothing like loving people, seeing people through his eyes and loving him with, loving others with his heart. Do you see people that way? That may be a great gift for you to ask for for this Christmas for people in your life. He says, whatever is admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, think about those things. Just think about them this Christmas. Whatever you've learned here, he tells us to do four things from me. He says, whatever you've learned, received, heard, or seen in me, how I've lived my life since Jesus came into my life, he says, put it into practice. Don't just think about it. Actually do it. Just do it, and the God of peace will be with you. That's the promise. The God of peace will be with you. This is the peace that's always with you and never leaves you. So we're going to be talking about different levels of peace today. See, when we pray, we get that tier level one level of peace that surpasses all understanding, that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus when we pray with thanksgiving, with joy. But when we live out these verses every day, that's the peace that never leaves us. That's the, people, that's the peace that people see on you. What you want is people to see the peace of God on you. What you want to do is walk into a chaotic mess with the peace of God on you. There's nothing that can withstand the peace of God. And then you add, watch this, an unwavering trust in your prayers and your walk with God. You get another level of peace from God. This is what the Bible calls perfect peace. Look what it says in Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind, think about things, him whose mind is steadfast, watch this, because that person trusts in you. Just what Proverbs is talking about. Lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. Trust and acknowledge him in all your ways, and he'll direct your path. This is the wonder of Christmas peace that was foretold 700 years before the birth of Christ in the book of Isaiah. And I love this Christmas passage. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. Not the government that was in Israel back then. Not our government. He's not going to come put the United States government on his shoulders. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven. That government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called, and I love these identity statements. And I love this picture of who Jesus is. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Friends, God has given us everything we need this Christmas in those names. Whatever you need this Christmas is found in those four titles of Jesus. Wonderful Counselor. Anybody need counseling? Anybody need wisdom? See, wisdom is always seeing things from God's perspective. Forget about traditions, what you learn, what people have to say. God wants to be your best counselor. Jesus says, it's better for you that I go. Unless I go, the counselor won't come. He'll guide you in truth. He'll remind you of things that I've said. And when you need counseling, God should be the first one that you should consult and I'm not sure you may want to write down this counseling number. It's a hotline. It's Jeremiah 333, and it's God's counsel number, which says, call to me, and I'll answer you, and I'll tell you unsearchable things you don't know that can fix your situation and give you peace and tell you what you don't know now 
that you need to know that's going to come straight from the throne room of God that will fix your situation. Call to me. Do you need wisdom? Do you need counsel? I always tell people when I counsel people, don't ever make a big decision until you know that the voice of God has spoken. And to get, them, and to get yourself in a position where you can hear the voice of God. What about a mighty God? Anybody need the power of God? Anybody need a miracle? Anybody need a mighty God this Christmas? I mean, we're talking about Jesus. Talking about, talking about the one who defeated everything. That nothing is impossible. It was the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me ask you this. What are you facing that an almighty God can't do? What are you facing that Jesus can't do? He can give us strength. We're talking about the one who can raise people from the dead, heal diseases, cast out demons, command storms to be still, who can walk on water, speak creation into existence, speak a miracle into existence out of nothing, feeds the thousands with a simple prayer of thanks, heals us, forgives us, breaks every chain and yoke of bondage, forgives us, loves us, who died for us. He defeated sin. He defeated the grave, defeated hell, defeated the devil, came back to life, did what he said he was going to do, and gave us a promise that we're going to experience a death, a burial, and a resurrection. He's going to meet us in the air, give us a glorified new body, give us an eternal home in heaven, and we can't trust him to fix our little problems here on earth. Amen? Come on now. He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. I mean, here's the what are we doing if we don't believe in the miracles and the power of God? We're just going to wait till he takes us home and hope one day something, oh, if you can, if you can. What are we doing? All of us need a mighty God with the chaos around us, the pain within us, the burdens that overwhelm us. All of us go through stuff. And what about an everlasting father? What about an everlasting father? You're never outside the loving care of your everlasting father. And I get this all the time. Enemy's really good at deceiving you into thinking that you're not loved by an almighty God. He's never stopped loving you. He's always loved you. And this concept of an everlasting father, it's hard for some people, especially if you grew up without a dad, like I did. I had no concept of a father. And some of you have had fathers, but they just weren't there for you. And that wound, that absent father wound, is a hard wound to get over during Christmas time. And I had no concept of a father. Even when I started to pray the Lord's Prayer, I didn't know what I was praying to. I didn't know what a concept of a father was. My physical father wasn't there for me. And I remember after getting saved... And my friend's telling me to go visit Times Square Church where David Wilkinson and Nikki Cruz are crossing the switchblade. I was so happy to go visit this church. And when I get there, I see three guys look like guys from my neighborhood, and they're arguing, look like Vinnie, Louie, and Tony from, you know, my neighborhood in New York. And I was a little upset that they were arguing over something. I got real close to them to see what they were arguing about. They weren't really arguing at all. One guy had his Bible open. He goes, no, right there. Jesus said it in Matthew, right there. I thought to myself, this is awesome, Christianity with an attitude. I'm like right at home, New York, the whole thing, right? And without having another thought, as I was walking into the, the actual sanctuary, some guy came up behind me and gave me a big old hug. And, uh, and I looked to see who it was, and nobody was there. But two arms were there, as strong as this, holding me. And those arms wouldn't let go. And they held me and held me. And I hit the deck and I started crying. And, but now these were tears of joy because my everlasting father started to speak to me. And he says, Bill, I have loved you all your life. And I've been here all your life. Loving you, protecting you, and I just wanted to welcome you home. That touch from my Father in heaven 
See, I, I grew up without the touch of a physical father, but that day I felt the touch of my heavenly father. I know some of you may never get an encounter like that, but that doesn't negate the fact that you have an everlasting father who loves you. And maybe today you're going to get that type of hug from your everlasting father. There's nothing impossible. And then the last title, Prince of Peace. My word. Do we need peace? Do we need it this, this year, this time of our lives? We get stressed. It's okay to say, I'm, I, I'm in it. And things are not right. I need peace. There's the antidote. The antidote is Jesus, the Prince of Peace. When the storm is raging and the chaos surrounding you is raging. So let me ask you, what do you truly need this Christmas? What level of peace do you need this Christmas? So when I look at the Christmas story in Luke 2.14, and the angel of the Lord says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. The evidence that you have the peace of God on you is that you have the favor of God on you. God wants to pour out his peace and his favor on you today. Will you let him? You know, I find comfort knowing that it's God's desire that we experience his peace and find that his favor rests on us. When the angel announced the birth of Christ to the shepherds, their proclamation highlighted the ultimate purpose of Jesus' role to establish peace between us and God. In fact, Jesus described the peace he could deliver as something quite different from anything the world could offer. He said in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. See, Jesus didn't promise a peace the world would understand, but rather his peace to us, which is totally different. And Isaiah, who declared these four identity titles, also described how he would establish peace between us and God when he said in Isaiah 53, 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes, we are healed. Let me say it again. By his stripes, we are healed. That's salvation. Plus the benefits of salvation. The Prince of Peace made possible a way for us to have an eternal relationship with our Father in heaven. Our sins transgressions, iniquities, all forgiven. No matter what you've done, no matter what's been done to you, all forgiven because Jesus Christ took them upon himself on the cross. And if we embrace him by faith, we too can be forgiven. We can acknowledge Jesus as Savior. But when we acknowledge him as Savior, we also acknowledge him as Prince of Peace who established our peace with God. And alongside peace with God, Jesus offers peace from God. This peace is more like the Old Testament concept of shalom, noted, noted in Proverbs 16, 7. I don't know if there's anybody that needs this peace this Christmas, which says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Boy, that's a massive level of peace. But it's available. You can have it. Anyone need that this Christmas? You see, peace from God affects every relationship in our lives, but the best peace He came to offer us is the peace of God that Colossians talks about. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Let it rule in your heart. It's the deep confidence that He's in control and He'll work out everything for the good, for those who love Him. In other words, submit to Him, trust Him, obey Him. And a called according to his purpose. And what begins as peace with God grows into peace from God, then matures into the peace of God within us. All different levels of peace that heal us, that set us free, that help us get through any and all situations in our lives. Jesus Christ, the son born, the child given, 
Prince of Peace, makes all this possible. So here's a peace start for you this Christmas. Personal obedience to God always leads to personal peace from God. What is God asking you to do? You know, there's so many stories in the Bible when he healed someone, he would always give someone instructions. Go show yourself. Go put your hands over your eyes. Get up. Pick up your mat. And there's always something that he tells us to do before he sets us free or gives us his peace. What's Jesus telling you to do this Christmas so that you can experience peace in your life? What was the result of Joseph and Mary obeying God in the middle of their chaos. They didn't come into a perfect situation. It was pretty chaotic when Jesus was born. It was the peace that came from the Prince of Peace, right smack in the middle of their chaos. They would testify, Mary and Joseph, that when there's chaos around us, there's calm and peace inside of us. In the Christmas story, there's calm There's peace, and there's chaos. It's a mess. But in the middle of those spectrums is the radical obedience of Joseph and Mary. I learned this from Charles Stanley many, many years ago, and I found this to be true in my life. I hope it will be true in your life, and I know it will be. He said, when I obey, and I trust, and I believe, and I pray, and then I wait, and I leave all the results to God. I leave it at his throne. There's an overwhelming river of peace that floods my soul, my body, and mind that can never be explained with words. This Christmas, the Prince of Peace wants to shower you with the gift of peace. Will you let him? Will you let him? In the middle of your calm and chaos is the choice to obey God. And how you respond to the obedience God wants from you will determine what type of Christmas and life you will have. One of peace, one of strife, one of chaos. But the God who knows each star by name knows your name and he even knows your pain. And this Christmas, he knows exactly how much peace you need. And the question is, will you accept this amazing gift that the world doesn't offer? Maybe the best present that you'll find this Christmas season will be the rest in his presence where you can experience peace this Christmas. You know, one of the disciplines that blesses me every year, and I do this every year, is to focus on why Jesus came as the weakest, frail, most fragile being possible. He could have came as a superpower. He could have came as an angelic being. But he came in the form of a baby. With his arrival being nothing short than a, than a soap opera, Scenario of chaos and rejection. And I think it's, I think the entire scene could be summed up in Luke 2 7, where it says, She wrapped them in cloth and placed them in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Imagine that, no room for Jesus. Had to go to a, a manger, a trough, or in a barn, manure everywhere. It's crazy. It was just a mess. I read this from this quote from David Jeremiah from Shadow Mountain out in California this week. He said, Christmas is about God loving me so much that he came down here to be just like me so that one day I could be just like him. That's the meaning of Christmas. Christmas is about God loving me so much that he came to be with me so that one day I would be with him forever. Christmas is about God loving me so much in my weakness and frailty that he came as the weakest and most frail among us, a child. A child, a baby, that the hand of God 
who grew up to be so powerful, the most powerful person in the universe. You know, something about a baby's hand. There's something about looking into a newborn baby's eyes. There's something about stretching out your finger for a child to just wrap their little fingers around your finger and then squeezing it really tight. There's something about that. And here I picture Jesus, that the hand of God has come down to you, not to punish you, but a wood with a willingness to put a nail through it, all because he loved you. His love, his affection, his, his thoughts, his hand has come down to you. This is the sign. You'll find a baby wrapped in a manger, a baby who can think a universe into existence, can do a miracle without even speaking, raise the dead, walk on water, calm the raging seas. Yet he comes down in the form of a baby. He comes as the weakest among us. He came as the weakest of all that needed help, a newborn. Jesus himself needed to be fed. He needed to be wrapped in cloth. He needed to be protected. He needed to experience everything that a human can experience in a lifetime. He needed to feel what we feel. He needs to smell what we smell, hurt like we hurt, suffer like we suffer, experience rejection like we experience rejection, abuse. He needed to feel separated from his father, just like how we're born into this world, separated from our father in heaven, which is man's biggest problem. He was born into a mess. I think the reason he came like that is there's an underlying message that is being shouted out from the throne room of heaven down to us, saying, I'm not offended by your frailty. I'm not offended by your weakness. I'm not offended by your failures. I'm not offended by how many promises that you've never kept, that you told me about. I just want to love you and give you peace and save you. I just want you to be part of my family. I just want to be with you so that one day you can be with me. I just want to come like you so that one day you could be just like me. I wanted you in my family. See, a lot of people think I'll get some things together and then I'll get serious about my relationship with Jesus. You come to Jesus just as you are and he'll put you back together and he'll give you peace and he'll heal you. That's what he does. He takes residence in us when we open up our heart to him. And then he feeds us. He protects us. He makes us strong. He heals everything with his mercy, his grace, his truth, compassion, peace, kindness. And he's shouting to us this morning, I don't care how weak you are. I'm not offended by that. This is the sign that makes it good news for all. The message of Christmas is not for the strong. God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. The cast outs. The unloved. The people who have failed. The nobodies, the nothings. That's who I was. I tried doing all the right things. I couldn't. I had no capacity to do it. I tried to resist temptation. I couldn't do it. I tried to be a good father. I couldn't do it. And Jesus came. My wife introduced me to Jesus, and he said, let me wrap myself in the rags of your life, Bill Reeser. And let me be God to you. And I'll heal you, and I'll set you free. And friends, he wrapped himself in the rags of my life. And I've never been the same. Never. I've never looked back. And here we are in 2023, and he comes again. And he's knocking at the end of your heart. And he's saying, do you have room for me? And some of you may have let him into your house, but you have certain rooms that you don't let him into. And Jesus wants access to the whole house.
You know, what's sad to me is that thousands of people will die tonight around the world saying there's no room in the end of my heart and reject the one who was sent to die for them in the form of a baby. That breaks my heart. And all God is asking is, can I be God to you? Do you have room for me in the end of your heart? I don't promise to be anything but God to you. But with that comes peace, power, healing, a new identity, a new start. I'll forgive you. I'll save you. I'll, I'll lift you out. I'll lead you. And friends, the, God is shouting this morning at Church of the Savior, there's no way you can go where God's, won't, where God's love won't come and get you. I remember last year I was speaking to a person who was grieving the death of his brother who died unexpectedly. He told me that in his lowest and darkest moment of dealing with the loss of his brother, God whispered a comforting message to him. He said the Lord told him to read the scripture that we studied this morning from Philippians, which said, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Fix your thoughts on those things. And whatever you've learned, received, or heard, or seen in me, actually put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. He then told me this. He said, that's what Christmas is to him. Thinking about what is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. He said, fixing his thoughts on those specific words in that passage reminded him of what the gift of Christmas is, and by doing so, he said it saved him from going to a really dark place. Hmm. He said overwhelming peace just flooded him, came over him like a river by just focusing and living out that one simple passage. And the scripture ends with a Christmas promise, and the God of peace will be with you. See, Jesus came to us not only to save us, but to be with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Christians celebrate Christmas, which opens the door for every person to experience peace with God, the peace of God, and perfect peace when you trust God. My prayer for you this Christmas was for you to experience this peace. That peace comes when you repent of your sins and ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. But then the peace of God comes from an abiding relationship of doing what Philippians 4 tells us to do. Think about the truth of Christmas and Jesus and then put it into practice. That's the obedience part. And once you put it into practice, the promise is that Jesus, the Prince of Peace, will be with you. Second Thessalonians 3.16 says, May the Lord of Peace himself continually grant you peace in all circumstances. Friends, when you have this gift of peace, a miracle. There's no sickness. There's no situation. There's, there's no bruised or broken heart that can't be fixed and healed with this peace. And when you walk around with this peace, you never know what a miracle God will do when people notice the peace of God on you. You know, I didn't get this peace right away when I first got saved. I, tried doing, I thought I was obeying God in every area of my life. I read about these passages. I read Philippians. I, I read what Jesus said about the peace that the world doesn't offer. I read this passage. I, I believed it. I just wasn't experiencing it. Because when I was 12 years old, I had a guy take away my innocence and on a brutal attack rocked my identity, that brought all these 
spirits of shame and guilt and anxiety and anger and and I had so much hatred in me. And even after I received the love of Jesus, I entertained thoughts of retribution. I, 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 wanted, I wanted that guy dead for what he did to me. But I remember what I told God the night I gave my life to him. Lord, I'll do anything you want me to do as long as I know it's you because I realized how much he had forgiven me. And then I was at a men's event later that year and the speaker got up and said, if there's anyone harboring any unforgiveness towards anyone, God wants you to surrender that to him tonight and if you do, he's going to give you his peace. And then he's going to use you in great ways. I remember being under the conviction of the Holy Spirit first asking God to forgive me in tears. And then I prayed a prayer that I never thought about praying, but I will tell you this prayer came from a deep place in my heart. And the prayer was this, Lord, I forgive that man. And my prayer went a little further. I said, Lord, the same forgiveness you've shown me, I want you to show him. The same salvation you've given me, I want him saved. And I want that man in heaven, and when I see him in heaven, I'm going to give him a hug and tell him I love him. Friends, all I can tell you is that at that moment in my life, miraculous, overwhelming peace came over my life, and it healed me, and it healed. I wouldn't trade that peace for nothing in this world, nothing in this world. And you know what? People see that peace on you. I remember going home 20-something years ago. I got a call from my older sister, wanted me to do an intervention with her, with my younger sister, for a problem that she was going through. We get to a restaurant where my stepdad was a head chef at, and we had a, a, a waitress, was a, a lady from my neighborhood, who was the mother of a, a friend of mine, Italian lady, very rough lady, cursed a lot, really rough, and she looked at me. And she loved, She always loved me. And, uh, and then she said this to me, what happened to you? After she said, how are you, with some words in between that. In a kind way. But then she said this, what happened? Something happened to you. You don't look the same. You have this peace on you. And I said, well, since you asked, I've given my life to Jesus Christ. I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. And my life has never been the same. Oh, she she just goes, I gave up on him years ago. I used to pray. He never answered my prayers. And I told him where to go. And then she walks away. Just like that. But she comes back about every 10 or 15 minutes. and 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 she starts telling me about her daughter. Her daughter, Margot, she has terminal cancer, inoperable tumors in her body, and they've given her just like a, a death sentence, saying she doesn't have, have much to live. And uh, she goes, uh, uh, would, you, would you pray for Margot? I, said, I thought about it. I said, sure. I'm not going to say no. And she just walks away again. She comes back, and she starts talking to me, and then I believe that the Holy Spirit gave me this wisdom uh, to tell her this. I said, Dolores, I said, I can't, I, don't, I can't tell you why God didn't answer your prayers. But I know this. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I said, Dolores, that's a prayer principle and it's a salvation principle. And when we make Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, he makes, sure, he, he makes sure our prayers get to the Father. Oh, okay, well, she walks away, just like that. So I'm leaving the restaurant after I thought the assignment was to go help out my younger sister. But the assignment was for Dolores. And the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me leave. I was leaving that restaurant 
And Dolores sees me and says, don't forget to pray for Margo. And then he said, go over and talk to her. And I looked at Dolores and I said, I'll pray, but I think God wants to hear from you today. And are you willing to establish a relationship with his son today by repenting of your sins and giving your life to Jesus Christ? Not only will you be saved and secure a home in heaven, but now you can know that your prayers are getting to the Father's throne. She goes, I'll do it. She gave her life to Jesus at the bar. And we prayed for Margot right there. Well, I never knew what happened. And about a year later, I go down. Every once in a while, I'll go, go to my old neighborhood in East Harlem. And I went down. There was a big feast of my old church there. And, and the, Dolores saw me. And she said, have you heard? I said, what do you mean, have I heard? And at that moment, Margot came running to me and gave me a, a big old hug. And she goes, no, I didn't hear what happened. She said, well, about a month later, after you came to New York, I went back to the doctor, and they found no cancer. No cancer. The Catholic Church... The news from their archdiocese, that story went all the way up to the Vatican in Rome, and they have declared it a modern-day miracle from God. It, it's actually written as a modern-day miracle, where they've registered it as a modern-day miracle. So here's my deal with you about this peace of God today. Don't make, don't make peace with your past failures and weakness. Don't make peace with your pain. Don't make peace with your problems and the soap opera mess and dysfunction of the people around you. Don't make peace with your addictions and strongholds. Don't make peace with your fears, with all your worries, with all your anxiety. Don't make peace with that. Don't make peace with your diagnosis. Don't make peace with your negative emotions. Don't make peace with your guilt and shame. Don't make peace with your old nature, your old identity. Don't make peace with the devil and principalities and pretensions that set itself up against the knowledge of God. You take those thoughts captive. Don't make peace with the world and its value system. Don't make peace with the lies that get presented to the doorpost of your mind. Don't make peace with Christians who have a form of godliness but deny the power of God. They'll steer you in a wrong direction. Don't make peace with people who want you to live in your past. And friends, don't make peace with a victim mentality spirit. God sees you as a victor, not a victim. Don't make peace with the giants in your life. You cut off that giant's head and you walk around and say, this is the giant that once taunted me, but now I cut his head off. Don't make peace with the mountains in your life. You speak to those mountains by faith. But first you close your accounts with other people by forgiving them. Being a peacemaker this Christmas. Come home with gifts of peace, love, forgiveness. Don't make peace with bitterness and unforgiveness. Don't make peace with unbelief. Don't make peace with religion and tradition. This is what I was taught. This is what my daddy told me. This is what my old church told me. If your traditions and beliefs and religion doesn't line up with the word of God and what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you through the word of God, get rid of it. Don't make peace with pride. Don't make peace with the prince of darkness. Friends, the invitation this morning is make peace with the prince of peace, Jesus Christ, who will forgive you give you perfect peace, healing peace that nothing in all creation can overcome. So I say Christmas, rejoice. I say it again, rejoice. A baby has come. 
Jesus, the Prince of Peace, to give you peace and heal you. The greatest rescue mission story ever. Here it is in Psalm 91. I will rescue those who love me. I will protect protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I'll answer. And I'll be with them in trouble. I'll rescue and honor them. And I'll reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Notice that God says, you do your part and I'll do mine. You call, he answers. That's it. Now, it's very important to understand that in any rescue operation, the rescuer gets to determine the means of the rescue. The rescuee doesn't get to call the shots of how they get rescued. You just call and say, come get me. Emmanuel, come be with me. It's not up to you. It's up to your Savior. Is there room in the inner of your heart today? He's knocking. Will you let him in? Not just to your, not just to the front door, but every room in your house. To those that need Jesus, we ask him to come in. And we say, I need you. For the bride, we say, come quickly. I need you now too. We all need Jesus. And we all need his peace. Last year, one thing about the peace of God is that God will send you on errands for the Holy Spirit all the time to give away this peace. A dear friend of ours took us out to breakfast at the castle one time. By the way, it's a really good breakfast cheaper than wild eggs, by the way. Uh, the waitress came over uh, and I felt the Holy Spirit ask the question, how can I pray for you? Just like that. Started a conversation and then uh, my boys, my boys lost. Pray for him to come home. Pray for my boy to come home prodigal situation I believe even today and this Christmas the Prince of Peace is going to bring some prodigals home so about a year later I don't know close to a year or something like that we never know what happens you never know what happens when you have an encounter with God so I prayed for that boy to come home that's all just leave it to God well last night we had dinner with some dear friends at a place in Versailles late last night. We had that same waitress at a new restaurant in Versailles. She was so nice to us all night. She knew who we were. She knew I was a pastor. And, and then uh, when we were getting ready to leave, she wouldn't let us leave. She came back in tears. She wanted to hug me and thank us and she said this to me she goes Pastor Bill my son came home my son came home and uh, he's enlisted in the service but he's home he came back he says thank you for praying you never how you never know how far a prayer will go and what the peace of God for you, in you, surrounding you, filling you, will do to someone else. So whatever peace you need today, it's available. And it starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. My prayer team will be here. Don't leave this place without the Prince of Peace flooding your heart. Whatever you need this Christmas, that peace is available. Let's pray. Father, I pray for those that don't know you by name, have never confessed your name right now. And if that's you, pray this with me. Lord Jesus, save me. Forgive me. I turn from my life and I lay it all at your feet. 
right now. I'm opening up the end of my life to you. I give you complete control to take over my life, to make me a child of yours, to give me a home in heaven. I pray for your peace that I heard about today to heal me, forgive me, to guard my mind, heal my heart, set me free. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. Now come quickly. Come quickly in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship. Would you all stand as you're able? We are going to be singing a couple of of old carols, but the words are just so powerful and so fitting. So I just pray that um, these powerful words will just be able to wash over you right now.
just pray that everyone was able to just receive the Lord's joy and the Lord's peace today in a powerful way. Bill, you want to come close? I need you to help me. Oh. So Thursday, Thursday and Friday, we had our Christmas program, and it was a miraculous, uh, God-honoring Christmas uh, program. And I'm so grateful for a spirit-filled worship pastor that hears from God. And she said something that the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, the babe that came in a manger, can do in the mess of our lives. And he can flip something. What can he do? He can flip a script. In our lives. Yes, he can. And so that word came from heaven to you. That Jesus can flip the script of our lives. That's what Jesus, the Prince of Peace, the babe who came in a manger with his hand stretched out to you. He put a nail through it for you. What peace do you need this Christmas? Don't leave this place without having some of our friends pray for you. We love you so much. Merry Christmas peace of God be with you. Thanks for worshiping with us. Please leave quietly. Get your children. Come forward for prayer. We love you. Thanks for worshiping with us. Thank you for joining us online at Church of the Savior today. We hope you were encouraged to grow in your walk with Jesus. If you made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time today, please reach out to us. We would love to help you take your next step. Please visit our website for information on upcoming events and how you can connect with the COS family. There is also a prayer request form where you can let us know how we can pray for you. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope to see you next week.